Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Living is giving, and giving is living. If you don't learn that, You'll die a poor person because of it. You can never outgive God. And if you'll understand the principle I'm going to give you this morning, God's an incredibly generous God. If I give to him, he gives back to me. Now, you don't give to God because you want to be rich. Forget the garbage you hear on TV. Just forget it. It's manipulation. But if you'll understand, and I'm going to just spend like three minutes going through this. You mean, Pastor Mark, I really owe God something? I believe you do. Is it possible for you to owe God something as a believer? Today, Pastor Mark will answer this question and encourage listeners to improve their quality of life, not by saving more money, but by giving. In today's world, it is normal to look for ways to save you the most money, even if it's at the expense of someone else. But what if your life could actually get better by getting rid of more money? The Lord promises to always provide for those who place their faith and trust in Him, So if he has promised blessings to us and he has already done more than enough on our behalf, don't hesitate to give back. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew as he begins his message entitled, Two Keys to a Full Life. We have a great teaching this morning, awesome, very informative for us. The title of today's teaching is Two Keys to a Full Life, Matthew chapter 22, Matthew chapter 22. What do you, and by the way, keep these to yourself, please, what what do you believe about paying taxes? What do you believe about Giving to God. What do you believe about life after death? What do you believe about marriage and sex in heaven? I threw that in just to get your attention. That'll hold you for the rest of the service. (laughs) What do you believe about angels? What do you believe about the... The supernatural. Just, just think for a moment. Look at, look at those. Now, here's the question about all of those questions. Take a look at this one. On what do you base your beliefs? Where did you get the answers that you have to those questions? Taxes, giving to God, life after death, supernatural, Marriage and sex in heaven, where'd you come up with those answers? The answer to every one of those questions, Jesus gives us the answer today. 
Well, how did you come up with a question or the answers to those questions? Where did you discover the truth? And what is the real truth? You see, truth is truth. Truth isn't multiple choice. It's truth. And we're going to learn a lot about life and the answers to life. Matthew 22, verse 15. Then the Pharisees, the Jewish religious leaders, went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. And they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know you're a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with truth. And well, you aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are. Outwardly, this is pretty good. These men are praising, well, Jesus' personal and doctrinal integrity. Man, Jesus, you're truthful. You always teach the truth. You don't really care what man says. You only care what God says. Now, by the way, what they said about Jesus, 100% true. Absolutely. The problem, they don't believe a word of what they just said. They don't believe any of this. So what you see there is lying flattery. We're days before Jesus goes to the cross. That's where this is positioned in the book of Matthew. Now the Pharisees hated the Roman government because the Romans had come in and captured the city, the nation of Israel. They were occupying it. The Herodians that you see in verse 16, well, they were Jews, but they were very different than the Pharisees. They were, well, sympathetic to King Herod. They were political sellouts, and they made accommodations to Rome and accepted the Roman rule. So here you have the Pharisees who are Jews. Here you have the Herodians who are Jews. They hate each other. They have nothing in common, except when it comes to a common enemy, Jesus. And they get together, and they're trying to come up with a question that would have religious and political implications. They're trying to pin Jesus. Look at verse 17. After they give him this lying flattery, tell us then, Jesus, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? See, they weren't interested in the answer. They were trying to trap him. Now, taxes in that day, well, they were no more popular than they are today. In those times before the Roman government came, of course, you had all these religious taxes. Now that the Roman government was there, there was political taxes. And the average person, it just took a big chunk out of their weekly salary. The question is clear. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or to the government or not? They thought they had Jesus cornered. You see, if Jesus says, yes, we should pay taxes to Rome, he'd be in trouble with his own people because the average Jew resented paying taxes to a pagan government. If Jesus answers no, then he would be accused of rebellion against the Roman government. So which way would he go? Verse 19, Jesus said, Show me the coin used for paying the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Here's a picture of the coin that would have been similar to what they brought to Jesus. This denarius was, 
used for a poll tax. It was just a a tax that was given by the Roman government and you would have to pay it. And Jesus, as they were looking at this, you can see it. He asked some interesting questions. He says, look in verse 20, whose portrait is this? And whose inscription? Well, we know that the inscription read, Tiberius Caesar Augustus, son of divine Augustus. Well, that was on one side. On the other side, it read Potiphus Maxiphus, referring to Caesar was divine. Caesar was God. Well, look at verse 21. They replied just what I read to you. Caesar's is the portrait. Then Jesus said this, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. Now, you have to understand the definition of give because it is huge. What's give mean? It means not just to freely give. It has the connotation of something that was owed. So you have to, Jesus says, give back to Caesar what you owe Caesar and give back to God what you owe God. That's very different than just giving. Now, Where did Jesus come up with this? I mean, how can he be bold enough to give that as an answer? Well, we know from John 1, the Bible says Jesus, Jesus is the word. Keep your finger right where you are in Matthew, everybody, and flip back about five books, the book of Romans. Later, you will discover we have in writing, well, a little more clarification of all of this. I mean, we've just been given the real structure, the real commandment, give back to the government what you owe and give to God what you owe. In Romans chapter 13, we're going to read verse 1 and then skip down to verse 5. As you get there, the first word is the key. As you get there to Romans 13, verse 1, tell me what the first word is. Every One, Vieira, say it out loud in Vieira, everyone. What does everyone mean? Well, let let me ask you a question. Does it apply to anybody here? Well, it applies to everybody here. Let me ask you another question. Does it apply to people that aren't Christians? Yes, because it's what? It's, It's like everyone. So whether or not you even know it, it applies. Well, let's read it. Everyone, here's that S word we don't like, must submit himself to the governing authorities. For there's no authority except that which God has established. This goes back to our teaching, Jesus' teaching a few weeks ago, authority. The right to exercise power. The right to rule or the right to make a command. God is the only one that has all authority. Everything started with God. So it says we must submit ourselves to the governing authorities. There's no one that exists except God had put these people in authority. Now scoot on down to verse 5. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of the possible punishment, but also because of conscience. What does that mean? Well, let's take taxes. Paul is teaching, I have to pay taxes because the government is my authority. And they require me to pay taxes. Now, that word give means give back. That makes sense to us because every year you get out your statement and you ask this question. People say to you, what do you owe the IRS this year? That's the statement they make. You know, you don't get in April 15 and go, 
Mm, I see if I'm going to be generous to IRS this year. I think I'll give them this. No, you, you give them just what you owe. You owe. Okay? So we understand that. It, it, it's just a, it's a normal process as you look at it. We just give it to them. Now, why do you give it to them? Well, there's two reasons there. One, so you don't go to jail. Is that right? Yes. But what's the other reason? What's it say there? Take a look. It says, because of what? Conscience. In your Bible, just write this. It's the right thing to do. See, I don't give it just because, well, if I don't give it, they'll catch up me in three years and put me away for 20. I give it because, well, that is always a, certainly when we don't do right, there's always consequences. But that, I give it because it's the right thing to do. When you figure your taxes out, we owe them, we owe them, it's the right thing to do. Let's read on. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants. Did you know that? The next time the IRS they come in, just say, hi, servant of God, that'll start it off really interesting. <laughs> Who gives their full time to governing? Give, every, give everyone what you owe him. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If you Oh, if revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. So if you owe taxes, you pay taxes. Is that clear? Okay. Now, let me say this kindly. There are Christians who believe it's wrong to pay taxes. Jesus said, pay your taxes to who? Caesar. Was Caesar in the Roman government godly? Absolutely not. But Jesus said what? Pay them. It's the right thing to do. So how can we come up and go, I have a choice. I'm not going to pay them. No, you're wrong. Totally wrong. So we owe taxes. And every year we sit down and we try to do what? We find as many what? Deductions. First service, somebody said, as many loopholes as we can find. (laughs) No, that's wrong. That's, that's wrong. You, as many honest deductions, that's right. I had that person down and laid hands on him at the end of the service over here. would try to correct him. No, a, as a Christian, I owe taxes. So I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to get the deductions that I need to get. And the rest of that, I'm just simply going to pay to the government and be glad for it. You say, well, where did all this come from? You see, when man sinned, God said, I have to have some human authorities. And God said... For our safety and for our order and for our protection, God gave us three human authorities. The family, the church, and our government. Those three are given to us to provide order in life, protection, and safety. So the Bible says to me, I must submit myself to those authorities unless... A husband or a wife or a boss or a president or a police officer or a pastor elder says for me, do this, and God's word says, don't do this. Then I must go back to who? Very simple, the higher authority. So if the government says to me today, you can no longer ever share your faith in any way, shape, or form. Absolutely, you can't do it. What do I have to do? I have to kindly say to them, You're not my boss in that case, because the Bible said, be light, be salt, open your mouth, share the gospel, go for it. Now, I'm not going out, pick and do all that jazz. That's a bunch of foolishness, but I'm going to share the word. Now, could that land me and you in trouble? 
Well, sure, that's what happened in the book of Acts. That's what's happening in China. So understand what this says. So there's two things I want you to write this morning. We're going to do it very quickly. Here we go. Number one, be a lawful citizen. Vieira, you got to be a lawful citizen. That means pay your taxes. What you owe to the IRS. It's what you owe. They're the ones that come up with the percentages. We just do our deal. Bottom line, here's what I owe. Some of you pay quarterly. You just pay quarterly. You, it's what you owe. Second, Jesus said give to Caesar what's Caesar, but Jesus said give to God what's God's. So second, be a godly citizen. In other words, give back to God. Remember the definition of give. Give back to God what you owe. Now here's the question that comes. Well, Pastor Mark, it's easy for me to figure out what I owe the government. They send me this little booklet. It tells me how many people I can subtract and what I can do here and my deductions over here and whatever. I know exactly. I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. You mean I owe something to God? And if I do, like, where's the booklet that tells me how much I owe? Well, number one, yes, you do owe. And number two, here's the booklet. (laughs) Some of you are looking for loopholes. There are none. And I'm going to give you this morning, let me just look at me very kindly. I've I've been a Christian since I was five years old. I'm 63. Let me share something. Living is giving, and giving is living. If you don't learn that, you'll die a poorer person because of it. You can never outgive God. And if you'll understand the principle I'm going to give you this morning, God's an incredibly generous God. If I give to him, he gives back to me. Now, you don't give to God because you want to be rich. Forget that garbage you hear on TV. Just forget it. It's manipulation. But if you'll understand, and I'm going to just spend like three minutes going through this. You mean, Pastor Mark, I really owe God something? I believe you do. Let's start with the first thing. How much does God own? Well, Psalms tells us how much God owns. It's like a no-brainer also. Psalms 24 says, The earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So God, number one, owes everything. It's all his. In the beginning wasn't Mark Balmer. In the beginning was God. Everything I have is his. Now, that's really true for every single person in the world, but they don't understand it. When I turned my life over to Christ, 1 Corinthians 6 says, My life became not my own anymore. My body's not my own. Everything I have, I owe to God. So I just lay my life down for God. That's my responsibility. That's my joy. So not only does God own everything, but number two, he made me a manager of his resources. Now, as that takes place, you have to think about that, how that works. See, I get the privilege to manage my time, my money, my finances, and my gifts. I try to figure out, with God's help, Where's the best way I can use the gift? One of the gifts he's given me is pastor-teacher. How's the best to do that? And it's not, you know, because sometimes I speak to very small groups. It's not about sizes of people. It's where God wants me to speak. Because it's his word that's powerful. Now, I get the privilege to manage his resources. I get to enjoy his resources. Everything I have is a gift from God. He loves to give good gifts for us to enjoy. But I am going to be held accountable for everything God has given me. Now, here's the problem. There was a a story. A rich young ruler came to Jesus one day, and he said to Jesus, "Uh, 
all the stuff I have doesn't give me satisfaction. How do I get eternal life? And Jesus said, well, he just ripped off a bunch of the commandments. And the young rich ruler kind of looked inside. He went, cool, maybe. I kept them all. Well, Jesus went like, you got to be kidding me. Nobody keeps the Ten Commandments. But then he just said, the young man said, I've kept them all. And Jesus said, well, he said, anything else I should do? He said, yeah, Uh, take all your money, give it to the poor, and come follow me. See, the bottom line is not giving, it's following Jesus. But listen, you're going to hear it now. Vera, you're going to hear it at the end. Is there one thing that's keeping you from following him? Well, this one, the rich young ruler heard this. He said, say what? Give all my money. What Jesus was saying is this. You just told me you keep all the commandments. Well, what's the first commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul. Guess what? He loved his money more than God. Who had become his God? His money. So it wasn't about giving the money. It was about taking that one thing that kept him from following Jesus. Well, what did the young man do? The Bible says he walked away, and I think it's very interesting because when he walked away, the Bible says he walked away sad. His money kept him from following Jesus. So riches won't ever bring you satisfaction. Stuff doesn't. And and when you come to Christ, you 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 don't give your wallet and you give it to him, and now you just go like, okay, I'm on welfare for Jesus or something like that. (laughs) That's not what this story's about. It was the one thing in this young man's life that he wouldn't give up. Well, if God owns everything, and I'm his manager, okay, Balmer, give me the bottom line. You mean I owe God something? Well, let me give you the line before the bottom line. Romans chapter 12, don't have to turn there, says this. I'm to present my whole body to God. I'm just a gift to him. Whatever he wants to use, he's the boss. He's the authority. And I give it willingly, and it's a living sacrifice. So when it comes to the finances in my life, Because when you give your money to the IRS, you give cash, you give a check. What do I do to God? Well, certainly he wants more than just money. He wants all of me. He wants all my time, talents, gifts, whatever. But he does speak about his money. And here you find it in Malachi 3. And this is what I believe, people argue with it, you can argue with it, that's fine. Just do what you think is right. I believe I owe God, not like this, I owe the IRS, so I owe God. I don't believe that. I believe the biblical of tithing, 10% off the top, is the starting place. So look at Malachi 3.10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, which is the church where you're getting fed, so there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will, God will, pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it, put me to the test. So what do I owe God? When I become a Christ follower, I believe 10% off the top, minimum, starts there. No brainer. It's finished. Done. Over with. Are we really supposed to pay taxes to a corrupt government? Can I really expect my tithe money to be used wisely? Does the Bible really say that these are debts which I owe? Today, we learn from Pastor Mark that God would answer yes to all of these questions. More importantly, we can know God's expectations because He revealed them to us in His Word. We're expected to give back and experience the rewards of doing so. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The first and most important key to living a full and abundant life is this. The Bible is the only true guide for every area of your life. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will look at examples of several people who failed to either believe in or adhere to God's Word. None of the cases ended up favorably. If God has promised something, He will never fail to keep that promise. He promises blessing to those who live according to His Word. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. See